Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. All right, we're back with part two of Top 10 Digital Trends for 2016 with experts Jared Barlow and Deborah Frazier, founders of Concilium Interactive. Last time we looked at the first five trends, the growth of video, the importance of analytics, the growth of mobile, virtual reality, and artificial intelligence. This time we're going to look at the remaining five top trends for 2016. We're seeing a huge shift in how social channels are used as far as digital strategy to where it's now more of a pay-to-play arena. In the past, when social channels really took off and everybody realized that there was a lot of opportunity in things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, everyone you know, ran right over to those and started posting content and seeing a lot of engagement, a lot of traffic, a lot of organic visibility and awareness, engagement, things like that. Over the last year, this has really um, started to change to where now you're getting limited exposure with your social channels. It's not just a free So meaning if you're trying to channel. advertise in Facebook or use that as a marketing channel, it's limited now. It used to be very effective and now it's becoming less effective. Yeah, so we've had clients come up to us and say, well, I have 10,000 likes on my Facebook page and I'm posting every single day. And they're shocked every single time we tell them, well, just so you know, each post is only reaching 1% to 10% of your 10,000 Because there's just too much flow. And so it's it's lost. It's equal. There is a lot of clutter that compete for people's attention. But platforms like Facebook have actually made changes in order to restrict the visibility of your own brand and content organically. Because they want you to pay for it, obviously. So they actually reduced the organic reach that you have for people that already like your brand on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. where you might have had you know, a much higher percentage of reach organically, they've really scaled that back to limit that so that you're forced to pay in order to get the same reach uh-huh. you had in the past. This is interesting. a publicly owned company. Let's remember right. that. Okay, so so interesting. So they've actually taken away the, the, the cookie jar. Mm-hmm. And if you want the cookie jar, you need to pay for the cookie jar now. Right. And so, so, the, so the answer is you can really still use this, the Facebook, you know, as a, as a great marketing platform, but... Right. You gotta, you gotta have a budget. Now, it's to the point where now Facebook denies this, but we have seen, <laughs> we have seen data that has shown that if you spend a dollar on Facebook advertising, your organic posts will be seen more, <laughs> just because you're spending any money at all. So it's it's one of those things that's really laughable in the digital marketing sphere. Facebook claims that it's better for the user, and that's why we're doing it. The users were tired of seeing so many brand messages, and from a marketing perspective, we're a little biased, but we think, well, they liked our page. They wanted to hear from us, and now you're taking it away. So it's it's kind of a back and forth debate. Uh, but the reality is, Facebook is a publicly owned company. And, they need and, to make money, you know. And just you know, I don't know if we're going to hit on paid search at all here, but I've heard in the past that Facebook, for instance, is very very effective. I mean, more effective than other avenues. As an advertising trend. As an advertising, when you when you do the paid. Well, and, and I think the big trend isn't just that social is paid to play. That's probably also a trend that happened in 2015 here, mm-hmm. this, this last year. But the big trend is that, yes, Facebook has been historically a little bit cheaper than, than search engine uh, ads in Google, for example. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing right now, though, that gap closing 
because brands are catching up and advertising on Facebook and Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram, which okay. is owned by Facebook and Pinterest. They're all making it so easy for people to jump in the advertising arena and spend five bucks, 20 bucks, hundred bucks uh, that it's actually the cost is going up a little bit. So you yeah. have to be really smart now. So, so it's basically everything's normalizing. No big, yes. no big job. All right. Number four. So number four is a really, really big uh, area that we're keeping an eye on. It's that social media companies are be, are becoming their own individual content platforms. And what we mean by that is typically what you've seen in Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn, for example, is that people are creating, for example, blog posts on their website and they're posting that post to a link to that post, I should say, to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. What's happening now is that Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter says, I want that traffic to stay on my website. I don't want it to go to these websites anymore. And so they're actually allowing brands to post long form content like blog posts native on their platform. And so you can actually, and you will see this with the New York Times, for example, right now on Facebook, uh, and a lot of other large publications like actually National. posting the article on Facebook. They're posting it on Facebook. You actually never leave, for example, the Facebook app to to see this content. And it's even to the point where, for example, if you look at the New York Times, they're a big player right now because Facebook's testing this with them. Their ads are actually showing up in Facebook's app, and they're both getting cuts of this. Right. Wow. So you never actually go to these platforms and it's something that's it's it's difficult. It's a difficult challenge for marketers because on one hand you want to be where your consumers are. And if they're on Facebook, you want to publish there. You want to you want to get your message in front of them. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you don't want all of your marketing to rely on a third party website mm-hmm. because you have no control over that. So like what we had just mentioned with Facebook pulling out organic reach, let's say you based, and we've seen this, let's say you base your entire business on people are seeing my posts on Facebook and coming to my website and buying my stuff. That may be ending. Then they pull it away and now you're left with what? And we've actually seen that. So oh, yeah. you, you have to be really careful, but what we are seeing is that you may be forced to take those blog posts you're putting on your website mm-hmm. in 2016 and consider putting them straight to Facebook. Wow. Straight to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a big one for this. We've seen this for a little while. It's usually not too as bad as, as Facebook, uh, but it's it's a big thing. And it's even to the point where if you take a video recording, most people host their videos on YouTube. They or record Vimeo they, or, or Vimeo, right? They record their video. They put it on YouTube. They share that video to Facebook. What we're seeing is you take that same video, you upload it directly to Facebook, and you post both videos. The one that's uploaded directly to Facebook is going to get more visibility than the, than the link posted by a from significant YouTube. amount. Because they are going to take the content that they see as on their website. It actually makes that. sense. So yeah. from a from a from a business person's perspective, you need to pay attention to these trends. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think these this trend with social media as well as some of the virtual assistants, artificial intelligence that we're talking about is kind of a move towards decentralization of your presence sort of like being hinging solely on your website to where now it's your business information being accessible by different AIs. It's your content being native within different social platforms to where you really need to have a strategy for how you attack all of those things to, mm-hmm. to still have, you know, a presence that's in each place, but not dependent solely on one stream or avenue mm-hmm. of traffic. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it all just, you know, one of the things that I just keep thinking about here is 
this idea of doing your marketing one time and forgetting about it, building your web. I mean, if, if you haven't updated your website and your web strategy in five years, you are dead. Mm-hmm. You're, you are DOA. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has to be a part of your budget and your strategy, yep. continually revisiting. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we in number four? Uh, number three. Number three. Uh, this is personalization. And this has been a trend that, again, we've started to see shifts toward the past year, but I think it's really going to take off in 2016. And by personalization, I just mean a an experience on a website or within an app or within a platform that is tailored individually to you. So this is everything from websites gathering past data about your usage on the site and delivering content to you either on their website or in email that is specific to an action that you've taken. So when I shop for motorcycle tires, that every web page I visit from there on shows me motorcycle tires. Is that what you're talking about? I'm kind of sick of that. Yeah, absolutely. So is that what you mean? Or what, exactly, what do you mean? Exactly. That's, that's definitely a part of it. And it goes even through to things like Amazon where they're curating um, products or you know, showing you things that's based on your preferences or your history and tailoring the homepage experience to match things that you're more likely to be interested in and buy. And we're seeing that with different platforms, even like music sharing, like Apple Music or Spotify. They're curating lists based on your preferences, your history, what you, you engage with regularly, and tailoring that content to make it more relevant for you as an individual user. And not only are people becoming, they're more expecting a tailored experience in order to really have a good user experience, it's way more effective to get users to convert when they feel like they're seeing something that's more relevant to them, mm-hmm. as well as more tailored to them. They're not just one person in a million, they're important to this brand. I mean, there's a lot of people that object to this, you know, but it feels like it's yeah. like it's violating my privacy, but, yes. but it's probably beneficial for everybody, right? As a marketer, you're thinking, I'd rather be more relevant in my spend and you're thinking as a consumer, I'd rather be presented with options that are more appealing to me. You know, I mean, why would I personally want to see, you know, stuff that would for a 13 year old girl or something, right? I'm not, that's right. not me, you know? Right. I think it's probably a, a, a good thing, you know? Um, yeah, I think, uh, and this is really the biggest trend within this, you know, uh, subtrend, if you will, in 2016 is we're going to see a continual debate on where is that line of we're personalizing this message for you so that it's relevant and we're being creepy. From a marketing perspective, we love personalization. We want to try to make it as relevant as humanly possible because number one, it helps us, especially a small, medium sized company, our mm-hmm. clients be more effective with what where we're spending our ad do- dollars and not bother people who are not interested in the products or services. But on the other side of the coin, especially like we had mentioned with the wearables, let's say uh, Apple Watch, iWatch, is monitoring your heart rate or your blood pressure or whatever it may be, and they have information on you, which is now really considered medical information <laughs> in many spheres. And let's say we ha- we are marketing a blood pressure medication. <laughs> so, so I think we'd all okay. agree that's past the line, right? So where is that line? I think we're, we're constantly defining that line in every single vertical. And so when you go to personalize your messaging, and it's much easier than it used to be for the small and medium-sized company with marketing automation platforms, especially through email, uh, just try to keep in mind that balance of try and make a, a message personalized without infringing upon the, uh, the right to privacy that people, that people have. Okay, number two. So number two 
is is really uh, seen in many verticals, not just marketing, but global competition is growing for any business. Uh, this is both a challenge because now you're competing with the world, uh, but also an opportunity because now you have the whole world to market to, uh, especially if you create a product or service that is marketable to other countries. And so what we've seen is global players, uh, Amazon, Google, Facebook, whatever it is, they are trying to corner new markets, new territories, especially uh, difficult to uh, capture markets like China, for example, and so they're doing this by uh, making it cheaper, faster, more reliable, easier to uh, target those those markets. For one, ex- for, for an example, Facebook has done an experiment lately uh, where it actually gave its developers slower internet. It throttled their internet down so that they knew what it was like to have to experience Facebook on a really slow internet connection like you would maybe in a third world country. And it did this so that they would have insight into what people are experiencing overseas in maybe an underdeveloped country. And so what we're seeing is uh, that consumers are often going directly to these large uh, companies like an Amazon, a Facebook, a Google, whether they're in the United States or abroad, uh, more than ever before. And that's going to grow big time in 2016. And we're, we're seeing this specifically with Amazon being a huge, you know, online retailer of basically anything you could possibly ever dream about and things that you don't even know exist. Amazon, before, was somewhat siloed in the mom-and-pop shop down the street, had just as much of an opportunity through digital marketing to reach their audience and sell their product online. Now we're seeing Amazon become, you know, have the monopoly on a lot of those product searches. Uh, a study this past year showed that more consumers go to Amazon to begin their product search than anything else, including search engines. And they're making it faster and easier, uh, cheaper to order through them than through other retailers, which is really crushing small shops that don't have that reach. Drop shippers, small um, e-tailers, all of that wow. are really going to have to shift their strategy and their offering in order to compete with big markets like that. And with Amazon expanding into other things besides e-commerce, like service offerings and things like that, it's going to change the game for a lot of different companies. Maybe the Amazon is Skynet. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's interesting. You know, I th- I think I read that thirty percent of product searches went to Amazon. It's actually forty four percent now. Oh yeah, my it's huge. Guys, do you know how big this is? This is insane. Forty four percent of product searches. Go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. That is insane. They I mean, start there for the very beginning of their journey. Oh my gosh! So that's this changes everything. I mean, you know, back you know before before your time, you know, there was mom and pop shops that got Walmarted, and Walmart would go into every kind of region and build a big one stop shop, and they undercut all the pricing of the mom and pop shops and drove all the mom and pop retailers out of business mm-hmm. in every place because no one could compete with them. They had better logistics, better pricing. Mm-hmm. You know, better everything, and no one could compete. And now, now the drop shippers, the big business in the past was, you know, we had a friend who started a, a business selling padlocks in the UK and just doing drop ship, had no, no employees, making $50,000 a month in profit selling padlocks, you know. Well, but guys like that are going, are going to be, yeah. their, their business is, is going to be extinct. Yeah. It, everything is being Amazoned. And, yeah. uh, Especially in commoditized markets, unless you're a brand name that is. 
he has exclusive rights to your product and there's demand for your brand, you got to watch out. And so what's, and also, you know, on the opportunity side of that, what's your key to reaching those countries outside the United States? Mm-hmm. It's difficult to do it with your own website, but it may be a lot easier to do it with Amazon. So if you can make the numbers work and obviously mm-hmm. Amazon's going to take their cut and you can pro- put your pro- product on Amazon, that might be your key to expand into that next market. And obviously, there's other companies competing. Alibaba is really big mm-hmm. uh, in Asia. It's competing with Amazon. Uh, but just just look at those large players and try to leverage them as best you can because you may not have a choice <laughs> in the next couple of years. So if you can learn how to do it well now, uh, then you can beat your competition uh, to the punch when in a year or two, you have no choice but to utilize those those. Mm-hmm. Uh, sites and those those platforms you know again just you know I've, I've thought about this in the past but isn't google all very language specific i mean it seems to me there's there's a huge opportunity for some of these smaller countries right okay where that have their own language like dutch speakers you know and mm-hmm. maybe there's a hundred million dutch speakers in the entire world right and i and it seems like a lot of these businesses are behind in the internet marketing and if you could really own you could really if you do a good job at search engine optimization you could really own those markets a lot more mm-hmm. readily than you could own i mean is there a real opportunity in 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 you know arabic or dutch or anything any of these other languages besides english is there more opportunity or absolutely no absolutely it's an entire field honestly within search engine optimization International search engine optimization is its own entire field, and it comes with its own unique set of strategies. The biggest thing I would tell marketers is whether it's search engines or social or whatever it may be, if you're going uh, to another country, especially another language, be very careful and cognizant of that culture. Of course. We see it every single week, it seems like, where a big brand has created uh, something here in the United States, but for another work, language, right? and they screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> it, just yeah. seems, it just seems like there'd be a huge opportunity if you're a local right. business right. in the Netherlands to be able to really nail, do a really good job. And there's a great opportunity for marketing agencies to yeah. go in oh, those absolutely. in those countries and really nail it where America, you know, they're, they're five or ten years behind, and there's just huge opportunity, you know. There All right. Here we go. We're ready for the big one. Okay. What's number one? The final one that we want to cover <laughs> is influencer marketing. And this has been something that's pretty new to the market just this past year and I think is going to skyrocket this next year. And part of this is basically where you have a celebrity endorser or someone with an audience that is marketing your product to their own following. And this, I, I believe, has happened as a result of just the the influx of social media as an everyday medium that connects celebrities much more closely to everyday people than ever before. Where now there's this whole barrier removed from the average people to celebrities where they can actually pay to message celebrities on Facebook now. They can, you, you follow them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and you feel so much closer to the lives of celebrities or influencers people that have an audience that now there's there's just there's no barrier it's not removed and celebrities have started taking advantage of that like youtube stars especially they get you know endorsed all the time to do um, tutorials on makeup or beauty products or testing out different products and wow um, instagram is really really huge for this as well and there's there's a whole generation so you got a celebrity with 10 million likes they endorse your product or talk right. about your product 
and boom, you're Absolutely. automatically Absolutely. have a great affinity with that whole there audience. There are tons, especially in the fashion world on Instagram, there are tons of people that just, they their entire job comes from, they have collected a following of people on Instagram and brands notice that they have a reach of 500,000 users and will pay them to wear their product in a photo and write and mention the name of it in the comment. And people make their entire livings off of things like this. And it's it's grown just incredibly this past year. And I wow. think we'll continue to do well, so. Well, there's two points that I would make to that. Uh, number one, we need to be careful uh, with how we're explaining it because obviously celebrity endorsements have been around for a long time. It's just how they're able to... Um, take that information and disseminate it that's really evolving and changing and that's what we see as the biggest trend is that it's easier than ever before for them to have that connection with the audience whereas instead of just wearing uh, a dress for example or whatever to a premiere they can actually show that to their following at any point in time Mm -hmm. on whatever social network they are involved in and the other thing I'd like to mention is that the definition of a celebrity is very different from what we would right. see in it the could, past. It could be a guy who has a podcast that with uh, yes. 100,000 viewers, yeah. right? And the younger generation trusts those people more than a traditional celebrity, a movie star, or an athlete, oh, wow. actually. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. what we have seen is that is their celebrities. If you're talking about the younger millennials, mm-hmm. teenage generation, they actually view, believe it or not, that gamer on YouTube who's doing nothing but filming himself playing video games as influ- as just as influential as they would LeBron James. Wow. So it's it's one of those things that you need to, you know, obviously monitor closely, but for a small medium-sized company, you can go after that that YouTube gamer a lot easier than you could LeBron James, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's an opportunity. And there's actually now companies forming, marketing companies that do nothing Help but connect you, find, you these guys. find them and connect you with those influencers. And essentially it's product placement. It's product placement in a non-movie or uh, television show format. Interesting. I mean, there's guys now that are doing podcasts. I was just researching this and making their living doing podcasts. Oh, yeah. And and it's yeah. like the new radio and and almost. And and there you could get them to do a spot, a, a whole thing on your deal, and mm-hmm. if it fits their their thing. And uh, so. Bottom line is, I mean, marketing, you really have to be thinking about this stuff. If you're in business, you've got to be spending a lot of time really getting, putting on your marketing hat, right? Or I guess hire these, hire an agency who is, who is doing a good job with this. Yeah. And make sure your, your agency, especially if you're looking to get in with uh, bloggers or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be, is really doing their due diligence on the research end of things uh, to make sure that you share an audience or a target audience with that influencer uh, and also that you can track the ROI on using that influencer for your own benefit Uh, because we have seen a lot of people where they'll reach out to a blogger for example and it just doesn't fit you know it just it just doesn't fit Uh, it's not it's not a good fit and you need to just make sure that your company's values align really, really well, if not perfectly, mm-hmm. with that blogger's sure. values. And you can do that through a number of different ways. Yeah. And if you have an agency, I would encourage you to, to talk to them about it uh, and, and see what they, what solutions they have for you. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff, guys. This is definitely a lot to think about. The world is a new place kind of <laughs> every year. You know, you were telling me how many... How many factors does Google search engine search algorithm have? You know, 
more than 200, is it? Oh, well over now. Yeah. I've lost count. And, and <laughs> so, and they're changing them all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, really a few companies are determining what, you know, what your marketing is. And if they change their algorithm, you have to respond as a marketer. I mean, yeah. it's, it's huge. Just, you know, to stay abreast of this is a very big deal. Yeah, I think long story short, everything that we talked about today, to me, if you took one thing away, it's diversify your communications mm-hmm. and what channels you're going to, but have a strategy in place where you can own that relationship with the consumer. Yeah. So and that, be able to track it. Yeah. To know if it's working and how much yeah. it's bringing It, it still does you. seem like, it's, it's, you know, when the world changes, there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And there's such opportunity for little guys to make it through just... You know, being creative and being on the cutting edge and yeah. understanding this. But I don't think I don't think in our day I don't think you can not pay attention to marketing. You know, if you're right. in business, you really can't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very difficult. All right. So th- thank you so much for for being here with us. This is Deborah Fraser, Jared Barlow with Concilium Interactive, and uh, uh, so these guys are cutting edge of this whole this brave new world called internet marketing. So thank you so much for being here and we'll catch up with you uh, later in the year and uh, do it again. Yeah, that'd be great. Sounds good. All right. Take care, guys.